We are in this situation right now where we at Ambassadors Worship Center and anybody connected to us, we are poised. We are poised. We're ready. We know what's happening and we know what to do. As a matter of fact, that's my title today. I know what to do. Go ahead and write it. Put it in the thread. Put it in the thread. Talk about it. Talk about it. Put it in there right now so people can say, say, I know what to do. I'm poised. I know what to do. I'm poised. I'm right here. I know what's happening around me. This is not a time of crisis. It is a time of opportunity. Now, let me segue into this story that is secular. Just this week, there were over 30 banks that were bought by bigger banks. While you're running around, other people are doing business. There were over 20 millionaires made just last week in the stock market. Yes, while it was going down. Companies are closing and other people are buying those companies. These are the opportunities that people are taking. (laughs) While everybody else is crying, there are some people who understand these times are made for those who are poised prepared. They're ready. And I'm telling you, pastor, it's my job to get you prepared. It's my job that you be ready. It's my job to make sure you're wolfproof. It's my job to make sure you're not running around like a chicken with your head cut off. And I'm telling you, if you have never made the church, well, I don't really do church. Church is not for me. You better get one. It may not be this one, but you better get one because no one else is going to have revelation about what you're supposed to doing, supposed to be doing. It's the church that is essential. So I remind you. Now, right before I enter th- this, I want to talk to you about the power of contradiction, the power of opposites, the power of contradictions. Let let me tell you what a contradiction is. A contradiction is a situation or an idea that opposes another. It's an idea that opposes another idea. And we can have those happen in our life. In other words, conflict and opportunity, they're opposing ideas. They fight against one another, but it depends on how you look at life. If you look at life as an opportunity while others look at it as a crisis, they oppose one another. Here are some other opposing ideas. Declaring publicly that you're an environmentalist, but you throw paper out of the window of your car. Those are opposing opposing ideas. They're not the same. They don't match. As a matter of fact, do you know how a plane flies? People sing the song, you're the wind underneath my wings. The problem with that is you can't fly with the wind underneath your wings. It's actually the wind that goes over your wings that gives you lift. That's a contradiction, and everybody may not know it, but they can live their life in fear because they don't understand what's happening around them. And if you're living a life in contradiction, I want to be a part of bringing you out of that, right? There's another one. There's another one. Okay, if you, uh, I was taught once, I didn't know what a kite was, and I got a borrowed one that was sort of broken up when I was little, and I was sort of putting it back together with Elmer's glue, and an old man in my neighborhood was trying, he says, you never had a kite. I said, no, sir. He said, you keep running with the kite. It's not going to lift like that. He said, once you catch air, you stop and you pull down. And I said to him, it makes absolutely no sense if I want the kite to go up to pull it down. He said, that's how kites work. So I tried it, and if I pulled down, I could let out a little string. If I pulled down, I could let... These are contradictions. These are opposites, and I'm going to be talking to you about one opposite today. Today, if you're poised and if you're in sync with God, you're going to have to tap into the power of your offering. You're going, to have, you're going to have to tap into... You're going to have to tap into the power of your first fruit offering. 
It's a contradiction in terms. Everybody else is saving money. Everybody else is worried about money. Everybody else is so, I mean, you can walk in the supermarket and all the shelves of soap is still there, but you can't find any disinfectant. You can't find any sanitizer. It doesn't that make sense at all. No, the soap is the most important thing, but it's a contradiction of term to most others. Okay, let me tell you what I mean. In this story that I'm getting ready to read to you, it's about a man named Nabal and his wife, Abigail. And they, uh, Nabal knows God, but doesn't really serve him, but his wife does. So I want to talk to you from this story and just keep in mind, I might say something to you that's a contradiction of what you see in your head. Save your money, you know, because you're going to need it later. Well, is that what you should do? So let's start at 1 Samuel 25 and 1. 1 Samuel 25 and 1, and I'm going to walk through this. Is that all right with you? I just thank God for our staff and everybody here who's making this happen, the camera and the sound people and musicians, praise and worshipers, and our staff is here with me, and I want to connect with you. I also want to connect with them, but I want to connect with you. Now, have you shared this now? Share it. Share it. Share it. Make sure all your friends get this because it's going to help them. It's going to help them, and I can promise you that. Listen to what it says. The Bible says that Samuel died, and the Israelites gathered together to lament him and buried him at his home in Ramah. Now, but David arose and went down to the wilderness of Paran. Now, this sentence may not make a lot of sense to you. Let me let, me let it make sense to you. Samuel is a first, first fruit baby. His mama, Hannah, had him when she couldn't have a child. And when he was eight, she first fruited him to the prophet. She brought him to Eli, she, and he said, she said, this is your child. Use him in any way you want. That opened her womb to have five more children. So now Samuel dies, but David now is brought on the scene. Samuel is an old system of prophets. He's an old system of prophets and seers. He would be the last of those. But arriving on the scene when Samuel dies is David. At the same time in the same verse. This is going to be good. Listen to me. When this old system of Samuel dies, a new system of David is introduced. David is running from King Saul. He's running from King Saul, much like many of you are running from a virus. He's running from King Saul. He's on the run. He's on the run. Samuel dies, and he finally says, I'm going to the wilderness, a hidden place, a place where nobody can find me. But write this down now. David now, with David, God is introducing something new. Say something new. He's introducing for the first time king priest. Before now, you had a king and you had a priest. You had a priest that went before God, offered sacrifices, and you had a king that governed and managed the people and resources. You had a priest that was in the temple and a king that was on the throne. Now David is being introduced, and he's bringing the two together. David is the first king priest. Before now, a king could not offer sacrifices. Before now, a, a, a king could not go in and eat the grain that was offered to God. Eat the showbread. David is the first of its kind. Why? Because number two, he is the type of Christ. Please get this. If you don't miss anything I say, it's all built on this so you won't understand what I'm saying. David is first king priest and he is a type of Christ. So Jesus is called the son of 
David, which means he comes out of the lineage of David, and David will now produce a throne for God to Jesus to sit on. That's Isaiah 9, 6. David will build this throne. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And on the throne of David, he will reign. So David is the first example of king-priest, which means he has the power. He has the power to sit on the throne as king, but also to, to go into the temple and offer sacrifices. He's both, and he's the first example. However, Nabal doesn't necessarily know this, and we can prove this because Nabal, it said, Nabal is, Nabal is an unwise man. He's unwise. He doesn't know God. He doesn't serve God. But his wife, Abigail, is sensitive to God. She can sense what God is saying. She can sense what God is doing all the time. Abigail is a person when she knows what God is doing, she knows what to do. She knows how to operate. She knows how to move. She knows how to do her calling. Are we together? Now, let's, let's skip down to the fourth verse. Y'all get it? Say, Christ, Christ, King, that's David. David is the first Christ king. He's the example of who Jesus would be. Why must you understand that before I move on? If you don't understand that as I move on, you won't understand what David is doing to Nabal and Abigail. You won't understand the principle he's trying to introduce them to. You won't understand what, what, what he's trying to do to their life and to their business and to their family. And that's what you got to understand today that contradiction because it's going to be important. So down to the fourth verse. Watch what it says. When David heard, watch this now, when David heard in the wilderness that Nabal was shearing his sheep. Oh my God. Lord Jesus, is there a church somewhere? Now, now, okay. So, so, so David is in the wilderness, but he hears that Nabal is shearing sheep. Nabal is separating from the sheep, his harvest of wool. Nabal is gathering his harvest at his house. So when type of Christ, Jesus, king priest, in David, when David hears about it, he's going to do something. He's going to go to his house. So what does shearing the sheep mean? Shearing the sheep means I'm gathering my harvest. I'm gathering my harvest. Nabal is gathering his harvest, and harvest is evidence of time and growth. Your harvest is evident that you've had time to build growth. Your harvest means you were able to take your sheep somewhere where your investment grew. Shearing sheep means you are now putting the sickle in and you're gathering your harvest. And anytime that is happening, it's going to get God's attention. Whether you know it or not, it gets God's attention. King, priest, David, type of Christ. Y'all still with me? So he, he's, he's gathering. He's gathering from the Internet, from all his accounts. He's still getting paychecks. He's still getting all this stuff that God believes he gave him. Now let's go and I'll prove this to you. I'm prove this to you, type of Christ. Go down to the fifth verse. Go down to the fifth verse. Y'all still here? Okay. Go down to the fifth verse. Let's read it together. Now, David sent, what did he do? He sent 10 young men. 
He sent 10 young men, and David said to the young men, I want you to do, I want you to do this. I want you to go up to Carmel, go to Nabal, and greet him in my name. I want you to go up there, and I want you to greet him in my name. I want you to greet him and say, David sent us. And thus you shall say to him who lives in prosperity. Nabal lives in prosperity, and this is how I want you to greet him. Peace be to you. Peace be to your house. Peace be to all you have. I'm going to explain that in a minute, right? Now I have heard that you have shearers, not shepherds. I heard you have shearers working for you today. Not the shepherds of yesterday. I hear you're taking your harvest in, not just watching the sheep. And once I know you're taking the harvest in, I'm going to send somebody to you to talk to you about your offering. This is not Guido. This is king, priest. This is Jesus. Watch what he says. Your shep- now what, listen to what he says. Your shepherds were with me, and we did not hurt them. Nor was there any missing from them all the while they were in Carmel. Listen to what David's saying. Listen, listen, listen to what Jesus is saying to you. <laughs> listen to what he's saying. Now watch this now. David already had supplies. He didn't need food. He didn't, he, didn't need, he didn't need anything from them. Nothing. He had full supplies. I'll read that to you in just a minute. He had full supplies, but he sends men to Nabal in his name. In other words, we come in the name of the king. We, David sent us. <laughs> David sent us to talk to you, Nabal. He sent us to talk to you. Now, watch this. Because Why? David sent them because Nabal is prospering because of David's protection. He said, your men were with me. They ain't ain't got no staffs. Okay, they ain't got no staffs. They ain't got no weapons. They ain't got no power. They got all their sheep, and the sheep is here with us. Nobody bothered them because he knew to set up his sheep with us. So David says, we protected your guys, your shepherds. We kept them from harm, and we didn't steal anything from them. We didn't steal a sheep. We didn't steal any wool. We didn't, steal, we didn't take any of their food. They ate our food. They ate our food. Am I yelling? I mean to. They ate our food. We fed the sheep. Jesus thinks he did it. It don't matter what you're getting in the mail. It doesn't matter what you're afraid of. If you got anything in your house, Jesus thinks he did it. He thinks he protected you. He thinks he brought it to you. David King Priest, he's telling you, I think I did it. You ain't did nothing. So how are you going to, if you ain't giving, you don't love God. All this junk I'm reading and on Facebook and all this junk, these Christians talk about they love Jesus. Stop giving to their church. Stop bringing the tithe in. You don't love God. You can turn now, but don't. I'm going to help you. 
I'm going to help you. Nabal is prospering because David protected him. Nabal, listen, listen to what Nabal told his men to say. He said, I'm not going. I'm going to send the Holy Ghost to talk to you. Jesus doesn't have to come talk to you. The Holy Ghost shows up. What does the Holy Ghost do? Peace, which means shalom. In other words, shalom to you, Nabal, shalom to your family, and shalom to all you have. Let me interpret. This ain't heavenly Guido. This is king who owns it all. Jesus shows up through the Holy Ghost and says, peace to you, Nabal, as long as you do what's right. Peace to your family, as long as you do what's right. Peace to all you own, as long as you do what's right now. Shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken, increase. Everything is going to happen to you, but these next, these next few minutes, Nabal, is going to decide it all. You can't tell me you love God and you don't give. Stop lying to yourself and stop lying to everybody else. Well, I'm mad. I know that's my job. Stay online. Stay online. So Nabal has shalom because of David. David is the reason Nabal could share. You don't understand. If David had not had his men to protect his guys and the sheep, the sheep would have been stolen. Sheep don't produce wool when, they're, wool when there are wolves around. They're afraid. They're skittish. When, when sheep are fearful, they don't have lambs and they don't produce wool. David thinks that you have shearers now instead of shepherds. Write that. Shearers, not shepherds. The shepherds are resting. The shearers are taking the harvest. They're taking the wool. Wool now can be used to invest. You can buy land with wool. You can buy gold with wool. You can, buy, you can send your children to college with wool. See? And Jesus thinks he created the situation that you could have wool. That's what he believes. Well, I don't believe that. I can promise you one thing. If you don't know it, like gravity... It will grab you sooner or later because it's a law. It's a law. If you don't, and I'm not talking about the gangs of New York. I'm not talking about wise guys who come to your business and say, pay us or you can't do business. That is not what I'm talking about. They're not kings. Jesus is king. He made everything you got and he gave you everything you got. Contradictions. Pull the kite down. Pull the kite down. Only way to get it to, to fly. You with me? I think you are. Now, watch this now. So what does David do? David now that he sent his men, he's going to ask for the first fruit. Outright. Never read it in the Bible till about a month and a half ago. Watch what David says. He says, he says now watch. Now watch David build his case. Can, he, can I build a case in your heart? Can I build a case? Let me build a case. Let me build a case. Let me build a case before the judge and the jury. Because they the same. Ask your young men, and they will tell you. Therefore, let my young men find favor in your eyes. For we come on the first fruit feast day. We're coming at the time of the feast. This is the feast day. This is first fruit Sunday. This is the day 
We're supposed to go before God and give him our first fruit offering. Then we come home and we feast. So I'm coming to you, Nabal, to keep you in order. I'm coming to you, David, king priest, to make sure you understand how this kingdom works. Because it doesn't work the way most people think it works. The kingdom doesn't work when you're hunkered down and scared. It won't work. David, see, David, king priest. So watch now, watch now. Before now, when Saul, the real king, and his men were in trenches, hiding from Goliath, huh? King priest showed up. David showed up. David says to, to, David says to his brother Eliab, he said, why don't y'all kill this joker? Just kill him. Anybody can kill him. They said, David is talking like this in the Hebrew. He says, you can choke him with a dreadlock. If you poke him with a toothpick, he'll die. If you blow on him, he'll fall over because he has no God. He has no king. He's uncircumcised. David said, anybody can kill him. That's king priest. But they were hiding. So David said, okay, I'll kill him. Look, you know, give me a couple rocks, I'll go kill him. They said, no, 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 that ain't how this works. You need armor. David's like, this won't work for me. I don't know how to use all that. I know how to use this simple thing I got, and that's called trust in God. David got out of the pit, ran toward Goliath, and killed him. The kingdom does not work when you are afraid. It will not work. It, is in, it, it, it cannot accomplish anything when you're hiding. If you start saving and hoarding for a better day, God says, oh, you don't trust me, huh? You don't trust me. Oh, you trust this stuff. Oh, I see. That little account you got, you trust that. Huh? It won't work. You're going to be depleted. Watch what he says now. He, now listen to his words. He says, please give whatever comes to your hand. Please give whatever comes to your hand to your servants. And to your son, David. Don't want to get into all that. David is simply saying, David is simply saying, this is your opportunity to acknowledge God. I'm coming to you to give you an opportunity to just acknowledge God. God, you did it. We're shearing the sheep. I'm wealthy. The first verse we read was that Nabal is very wealthy. He is rich. He is powerful because he owns a a few thousand camels and a few thousand sheep. He owns goats. He owns livestock. And this is how he makes his money by shearing, by selling the cheese, selling the milk. This is how he makes money. And God is saying to him, I'm giving you an opportunity to simply acknowledge me. Number two, this is the feast of first fruits. David comes and he says, don't have a party till you bring something to God. Don't have a feast until you bring something to God. Am I making sense? I think I am. And then what is, then, then David's saying this, it's up to you what you give. I'm not Guido. Whatever comes to your hand you want to give, give it. If you just want to give me a fig, I got supplies. Just give me one fig. Give me a pound of, of, of give me a pound of wool. Give me some grapes. One loaf of bread. Anything that you can say, God, I acknowledge that you have protected me. You have blessed me. You have covered me and my family. You have given us the opportunity to share. We have sowed and now we're reaping, right? You ought to do something for me right now. 
You ought to just hit those hearts right there. We can do it. We can do it right there where we're at. We can hit those hearts. We can clap our hands and we can give God thanks for the opportunity to learn this because everybody is not getting this message. They don't know what to do. So David asked for the first fruit. Let me move on. Let me move on. See, ignorance, ignorance comes with dishonor. If you don't know, you end up dishonoring. And when God feels dishonored, you're in a bad place. We're going to read what happened to David, but who is he first? He's king priest. He's king priest and he is type of Christ. He's the type of Christ in the Bible. He's the only type of Christ in the Bible. So whatever we see with David, we superimpose over that Jesus himself and how he feels. This one I can prove in Malachi 3 and Malachi 4, but I won't go there today. We'll just read it. Verse 10, then Nabal asked David's servants and said, who is David? And who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants, many servants nowadays who break away from their leaders, each one from his own master. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my meat? Whose is it? Shall I take my bread, my water, my meat that I have killed for my shearers and give it to men when I do not know where they are from? He had no revelation that David was telling him, I'm trying to help you, Nabal. I'm trying to bring you into a principle that will always make your house safe. I'm trying to bring you into a principle that you'll never lack. I'm trying to bring you into a principle that for at least 10 generations, you will swell with wealth. And Nabal has no clue. He has no clue. And when you got no clue, you talk trash. It's bad in the club when you talk trash to the wrong guy. You're in trouble if you're on the street and you don't know who's in front of you and you talk trash to them. In the same way, in the Bible, you leave David alone. Don't you, haven't you learned that? You don't bother David. Little short, red-headed kid with freckles. Leave him alone. Because when, when, when David takes out a rock, everybody getting ready to die. So you got to, don't mistreat David here. He's getting ready to mistreat David. Lord have mercy. He's the son of Jesse. I don't know Jesse. I don't know, Jesse. You want me to take, you, you want me to take, you, you, want to, you, you want me to take my bread, my water, and my food and give it to this guy you call king. They said, yes, we would. See, Nabal didn't know God. He didn't know David. He didn't know the principle. He had no clue, like many of you may not know. He didn't know the principle. Dishonoring God with first fruit, this is a serious matter. This is a serious matter to say to God, I do and will not acknowledge you. I'm just not going to do it. It, it, it can get you in a bad place, and many of you are in a bad place. I'm going to tell you how to turn it around. Whether you're in famine, whether you're in feast, whether there's something going on around you that's horrible, or whether you're living in a great time, you got to understand this principle, right? 
David's men, when they said this, though, they did something that's important. They waited for him to bring them gifts. They waited. They just expected him to do what the king told them. Just like many of you, God just expects you to do what you're being told. And he's waiting for you to find a way to obey. Well, I don't have much. Give him some of that. Give him some of the stuff you don't have. Just say to God, God, this little bitty stuff, I'm sorry, y'all. God, this little bitty stuff I got, I know it ain't much, but Lord God, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have that. Take this little morsel. Take the two fish and the loaves. Take the two pence. It's all I have. But and, you know, they got real money. This is all I have. God says, wow, I'm paying attention to you because you're acknowledging me for what I do. And many do not acknowledge God. We've got to get this principle, especially in crisis. Now, there was no crisis, but it's getting ready to be created. Do you feel it? Watch, watch what happens here. Watch what happens here. God has been good to me. Say it. God has been very good to me. Shout it in your house with your kids. God has been so good to me. Watch what he says. Here's a young, here's a young man. Here, here's, a young, here's a young man that... He was there when Nabal sent his men. He was there. And he understands he's dealing with a guy who doesn't respect God. So he goes to his wife. Marry a smart woman, brother. He goes to Nabal's wife. This is what happens. Now, one of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, saying, what did she say? Look, uh, uh. I'm sorry to approach you like this, Miss, Miss, Miss Abigail, but I got to tell you what happened. Uh, King David sent some messengers from the wilderness to greet our master. Huh? He just sent some men here to just say hello. And your husband, with his ignorant self, he embarrassed the men. He reviled them. He almost cussed them out. Then he ran them off the property. And, uh, but I just want you to know, Mama Abigail, I want you to understand something. But the men, these men were good to us. They were good to us. We were not hurt, nor did we miss anything as long as we stayed close to them. When we were in the fields <laughs> working with our sheep, read it, y'all, they were a wall to us both by night and by day. <laughs> All the time we were with them keeping the sheep. Hold up, hold up. Abigail's like, what? Say that again? These men became a wall to us. They became a hedge of protection for us. Even when we were keeping the sheep, they would fight off the bandits. Even when we were keeping the sheep, they fed us from their food. We stayed with them and they kept us safe. They didn't ask us for a dime. They didn't ask us for money. They didn't ask us for sheep. They didn't ask us for anything. So what I, okay, what I'm here to tell you, Miss Abigail, this going to be bad. 
whatever's getting ready to happen, this ain't going to go well. We got to do something now. You need to think, Miss Abigail. You need to think, Miss Abigail. What's we going to do? We got to do something because this is getting ready to go down. Y'all don't know David. Okay. We saw David out there fighting people. David was ruthless. We saw lions come up to come against the sheep. One of David's boys could take out the lion. David ain't no joke or no joker. God is not a joke. He's not a joker. He means what he says. He is jealous. God says, how can you tell? How can you? In, 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 a raw, in a raw Malachi, he says, how can you tell people it doesn't pay to serve me? How can you let the words come out of your mouth that paying your tithe doesn't work? How can you tell anybody that when you give an offering, God doesn't move? He says, I'm against you. There's a curse on you. Not that I put it there, but you put it on yourself by your ignorance. And I'm going to look at you and tell you, I'm going to look at you and tell you that if you're holding back from God, God will just hold back from you. He will hold it back. He will not process your prayers anymore. He will not give dissemination to your dreams. He's not going to tell other people to help you. He just simply leaves you alone. And he says, you got it. You got it. That's how this works. They like, listen, listen, Abigail. These men helped us. They took care of us. They fed us. They protected us. Now, I'm telling you, you got to make a decision. Say to yourself, I got to make a decision here. Am I going to serve God or am I going to serve money? I got to make up my mind. I can't be cockeyed. I can't look this way at God and that way at money. God doesn't even know what I'm looking at. Shoot, y'all messing with me. Watch this now. I'm always going to recognize God's goodness. He's been good to me. I'm never going to mistreat the king when he comes to me. I know he saved me. He is the wall of protection around me. When I don't feel anything, I got to know and recognize it's because God is holding off my enemies. Wherever I am, it could be worse, but it's because God will allow me to be touched, but not allow me to be killed like Job. I can understand that God may be taking my harvest like Joseph, but he has a plan for me to be highly wealthy. Joseph Joseph never shrunk in Potiphar's house. He never shrunk in the prison. Joseph knew what was coming. So when he got in the palace, he knew that hard times were coming. He didn't spend his time with his head in the sand. He spent his, do y'all know that the end of the famine, Joseph owned everything. He owned everybody's horses. He owned everybody's chickens. He owned everybody's everything. And I'm telling you, that's what you should be doing. You should be buying up assets. Interest rates are almost zero. People are almost giving their stuff away. And some of them, you'll help them by taking their car. They can't make the payment. Pay them one third of it. Drive the car and thank God. You, you, you saved them from bankruptcy and now you got something in famine. What can you do about people who are ignorant? Try to teach them. But if you can't teach them, help them out by taking their house. I know you don't want to hear it. I know you don't want to hear it. I know you don't want to hear it. They got a mortgage and they can't feed their kids. By taking the house and taking the mortgage, you let them feed their kids in an apartment. Now you can do something with it. You can put them back in the house and let them live free in your house. This is what we're doing right now. Well, I don't believe this preacher. I 
don't care. I'm telling you how the kingdom sees where we're at. Watch this now. Here's my point. Here's my point. It's time to decide. It's time to decide what you're going to do in what they call crisis. Is it an opportunity for you or not? Is it your time or not? Is the will of God on your side or not? Will you acknowledge God or not? During crisis. Now watch this. I like this one. I know what to do. Say it. <clears throat> I know what to do. I know what to do. I'll never forget. I'll never forget. I want to tell a story. I'll never forget what happened years ago in our building downtown. There was a little seven-year-old boy that came up to me. We were in prayer. His mama drug in the prayer. He didn't want to be at prayer. But we'd been praying for about three hours in that church, lifting our hands and praising God. And the kid walked up to me, and his mom came because he, he was on medication. He was on the spectrum, as you would call it. He was on medication, and he came to me, and he, and he started talking to me. His mom said, baby, what do you want with pastor? I said, leave him alone. Just let him talk to me. Let him talk to me because he never would talk to me. And he said, he looked at his mom and he said these words, mama, I know what to do now. I know what to do now. I was listening while Pastor Martin and everybody was praying and I, I know what to do. She said, what are you going to do? And he looked, he passed to me. He passed to me an offering envelope. He passed to me an offering envelope. And I said, you giving an offering? He said, no, sir, I don't have any money. He said, turn it over. On the other side, he wrote a note. He said, I know what to do now. He, I read the note and he said, I don't want to take medication no more. And I didn't know what to do. I fell apart. Pastor Nell had to come over and help me with that. I didn't know what to do. I'm like, God, this is amazing. So she started praying for him. I came too off the floor and I started praying for him too. What he said was, I'm in a crisis. Oh, but they, they're, they're filling me with, these, with, the, with this medicine every day. And I don't like it. I just don't like it. And in prayer tonight, y'all told me all I got to do is tell God what I want. He said, I know what to do now. So he gave it to me. And I looked at him, looked at mom. And I said, mom, uh, is it okay I give him direction? She said, yes, pastor. I just didn't know what to do with this child. I said, stop taking the medicine. If your faith says, <coughs> if your faith says, you ready to stop taking the medicine? Now in this time, it's not a crisis. It's not a crisis. It's an opportunity for you to know what you're supposed to do. Well, don't change jobs. They're giving promotions. But over there, they're firing people too. Follow your intuition. It's a crisis time, and God is lifting people up. He's not knocking people down. The ignorant get buried. The, 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 the wealthy in the kingdom get lifted up. The Bible says you will have more than you had before. You're going to come out of the crisis with your hand up. You come out of, that's what they did in Egypt. The Bible says they came out with their hands up. And no, this is not black power. They came up with their hands up and their fists clits. That's all it was. They walked out with the blessing in their hand. And that's the same thing, kingdom citizen, that God wants to do with you. He wants you to walk out of this period with your hand lifted. That's the will of God. That's the will of God. So watch out now. Avery said, I know what to do. Watch what this guy says. Watch what, he, watch what, watch what she said. Then, are y'all here? Read this together with me. Then Abigail made haste. Look at what she did. She took 
200 loaves of bread. <laughs> she took two skins of wine. She took five sheep. She said, oh God, okay, okay. She took five shea of roasted grain. She took 100 clusters of grapes and 200 cakes of figs. Then she loaded them. Somebody shout, I know what to do in crisis. I know exactly. Abigail, Abigail made hay. She said, y'all hurry up now. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up now. Go get me, go get me a hundred loaves of bread. All my husband had to do was give him one loaf. Go get a hundred. We're going to overwhelm David. We're going to shock him how much we trust him. We're going to shock God with how much we're bringing to him. We're going to shock God. Listen, she brought five sheep already dressed. Five sheep that had already been slaughtered. Five sheep that had already been cooked. Five sheep that had already been prepared to eat for their feast. She said, y'all ain't eating this. I'm taking this to the king priest. I'm going to take this to God. You can't eat this. We can't eat our seed. We can't eat it all. We can't party till God parties. We can't enjoy ourselves till we know that God has been filled. Just not going to do it. Five shea of roasted grain, 100 clusters of raisins. And then she said, put it on a donkey. And she said, since y'all faster than me, go ahead of me. Because I know what David's getting ready to do. David's getting ready to lock and load and come up here and take us all out. They got on the road in front of her to meet David on the road. Wow, I, I, can't, I, can't, I, can't even, I can't even go into that. So now let's go to the 25th verse. Say, I know what to do. I know what to do. Now watch this now. David, in the 21st verse, it says, how David was talking, he is locked and loaded with his men. He is on his way there and he's decided, I'm gonna kill every man Nabal has. I'm gonna kill your producers. I'm going to kill the protection for your family. I'm going to take out everything that you have been using. It's mine, but I'm going to take it out so you can't reproduce anything anymore. Because he said this in his heart. David had said, surely, in vain have I protected Martin and his family. In vain, in vain have I protected you and your family. I've done it for Nothing. All that this fellow has in the wilderness so that nothing was missing. Of all that belongs to him, God ain't gonna steal from you. God said, if I was hungry, I wouldn't call you. I wouldn't tell you I was hungry. Why wouldn't I tell you? Because the cows don't belong to you. Why would I tell you? Why would I ask you for a cow? It's my cow. If I want to eat a cow, I'll come down and eat a cow. I don't, have to, I don't need nothing from you. Gold can't buy from me. Your clothes are pretty, but I ain't got a body. I don't need no clothes. He doesn't need anything we have. You need to recognize him as the owner and give it to him. Change your life. But what? He has repaid me evil for good. Do not repay God evil for good. Well, I don't even know God. 
He knows you. He's known you since before the beginning of time. You were in his heart. Whether you know him or not, you still live under the principles he put in place. And I'm here to tell you, during crisis, it's not a crisis. It's an opportunity. And your biggest opportunity is to give to him. The best thing you could do right now is give. The best thing you can do right now in First Fruit Sunday is give. And it's up to you what you give. Am I making sense at all? It's up to you. Now watch this. Let's, let's go. Let's go. To, let's see what David did. Let's see what David did. Wow. Let's see what David did. Verse 25, 35. 25, 35. So what did David do? Wow. So much in here. So much in here. It's, it's, it's not on the screen, but I just want to remind you what happened right before this. David was on his way to kill all the men. Abigail saw him locked and loaded just a few miles from her house, had all his men armed. And the Bible said he left plenty men to watch their supplies, which meant he had a lot of supply. He didn't need no food. He wasn't, God's not asking you for something he needs. He doesn't need it. He needs you to give it. So it's an acknowledgement of him. She meets him on the road. She gets off her horse. Right at the hooves of her horse, she falls on her knees. She says, oh, King David, <laughs> forgive us for our sin. <laughs> That's what you do right there. King David, King Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Forgive me for thinking I'm building this family. Forgive me for thinking I'm responsible to feed my wife and kids. Forgive me for thinking I got to take care of my grandma and grandpa, foster kids. I can't do that. King, you take care of all that. And I acknowledge that you can take care of it by giving you what my heart says I want to give you. I want to be a blessing to you and your kingdom, so I give. And once I give, King Jesus says, you know, I've always had you. Now watch this. Watch me bring more peace to your life. Watch me bring more shalom to your money. Watch me bring more peace to your marriage. Watch me bring more prosperity to your children, your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. I want to give you more peace. That's what he wants. And then he forgave her. She said these words, King David, watch y'all, watch y'all. Don't miss this, King David. Your house will always be a sure house. It'll always be sure. Then she told him why. Because you don't fight people. You fight the battles of the Lord. And this battle is not yours. Killing my husband and his men. That's not what needs to happen here. So I'm going to bring you this offering. David said, I repent. I was so angry. Oh, Lord, how's that king priest? Martin, are you lost? No. Moses went to God because God said, get out the way, Moses. I'm killing them all. I'm going to kill them all right here in this here desert. Uh, Moses said, now, hold up, hold up now. I know you're angry, but uh, you, you can't kill these people now, the, the people behind me. Now, let me tell I got to talk to you. If you kill them, they're going to talk about you, not them. They're going to say God could not deliver them. David says, I repent. I repent. Thank you, Abigail. Thank you, Abigail, for reminding me 
that I only fight the battles of God. I never have to fight my own battles. That's why Jesus said, put your sword away, Peter. Put your sword away. I don't have to fight. I am a tither and I'm a first fruiter. I'm not fighting you. I'm not fighting you. If you gave me a pink slip, it means it's a blue slip somewhere. You know what a blue slip is, don't you? A pink slip says you're fired. A blue slip says you own a business. A pink slip says we're in charge of your life. A blue slip says I'm in charge of my own life through Jesus. God may be separating you from the old Samuel and bringing you into King David. He does it in these periods of time. So don't lose hope. Show him you're not losing hope by your offering. That's how you do it. So now watch what David does. Watch what David does. In the 35th verse, he says, so David received from her hand. David, type of Christ. She gave it to him. He received what she brought him. He didn't say how much. He didn't say how little. Whatever she brought, he just received it. <laughs> he just received from her hand whatever she brought him and said to her, what? Go up in peace. Go back home. Go back home to your house in Shalom. Nothing will be missing. Nothing will be broken. Then he says, see, I have heeded your voice and respected your person. Now, can I tell you something? I can't, I can't go there because it might contradict the message to some people. But I'm going to go there anyway. Abigail was an amazing woman. And when she came to see David, it shook David. The wisdom that she could get a revelation about him being king priest. That she could get a revelation of who he was. Even though he was running from Saul, that God had chosen David to be king. She got a revelation. And I'm asking God to give you a revelation. That Jesus is not just Savior and Lord. He is king of everything. King of the universe. King of your life. He's the Lord. He owns everything. I want you to get that revelation. Because when she went home, can I tell you? When she went home, he said, go home in peace. Go home in peace. When she went home, she found her husband in a feast. He was eating. He was eating his investment. He had not, or, he had not ordained God as Lord, Savior, and King. He had not given. Instead, he was eating it himself. Like many of us are eating our tithe. We're eating our offering and we eat our first fruit. This did not go well. She walked in. God didn't kill him, but he died. She walked in. Abigail walked in. She said, because you're my husband, I'm going to honor you by telling you what I did. When you treated the king the way you did, I knew it couldn't happen in my house. I got too many kids. I can't let my kids die because you're ignorance. I got too much land, and I can't, let, I can't give away my land because of your ignorance. You won't acknowledge God. God going to take everything from us. So I went to David, and I gave David an offering. And David forgave me, and he forgave you. But it said that when Nabal heard about it, his heart left him. He fell out. He fainted. And in three days, he died. 
when David heard that he died, he sent somebody to talk to Abigail. Girl, are you married? I know you're not married because your husband died. He disobeyed God. Would you like to be the king's wife? She got five girls from our house. She went out there to David and she said, I'm ready to be your wife. You need somebody as smart as me. You need somebody. And you're like, oh, God, God did that? I'm telling you, it's what it says in the Bible. He died. David married Abigail, and she became a wise person for him the rest of his life. So what am I telling you today? You've got to be like Abigail. You can't be stuck in a place where you don't know what to do. I'm telling you what to do. I'm telling you what to do. Get your first fruit offering together. If you haven't tithed this week, tithe right now. If you haven't given your offering, give your offering right now. Waiting for April 5th, because you are a tither, you do give offerings. You're waiting for April 5th. Now prepare from your hand what you're going to give God. Get it ready. Get it ready out of your heart. And now bring it to him. Somebody say, I know what to do. When there, there might be a crisis right now. There might be a crisis right now in everybody's life. But I know exactly what to do. I'm poised. I'm poised. I know what's happening. I know what's going on around me. I know there might be a crisis, but I'm really ready for this. I'm really ready for this. I might not know I'm ready for this. There might be a crisis right now, but I have been prepared. Anything in my hand I know belongs to God. There might be a crisis right now, but I know exactly what to do. I know what to do. I know what to do. I know what to do. I have this contradiction of opposites. You're telling me to give. You're telling me to give when there's crisis. That's what the Shudamite woman did. That's what the widow of Zarephath did. That's what the woman with the widow's might did. That's what the boy with the two fish and five loaves of bread did. We give in times of crisis, and when we give, we lift our hands to God, and we're saying to him, you take care of me. Be a wall for me. Come on, say it. Be a wall. Be a wall for me. Be a wall for me on every side. Hedge me in. Make available to me what's not been available to me before. <clears throat> Cause this time I'm in to be a time of liberation for me and my family. I might feel a little bit of pressure, but when I feel pressure, I give. When it feels uncomfortable to me, I come before you with a gift. I, it doesn't matter to you what I bring, but it matters to me what I bring. Hallelujah. I want it dusted off. I want it shiny. I want it to be the best I can give. I'm not in competition with anyone else, but because I'm in crisis, I know what to do. There are some dates I have set in my future, and I don't want this thing to break up my dates. I want to be able to go where I'm supposed to go. I want to be able to do what I'm supposed to do. So whatever you, God, got to do with this virus, you do it. Cancel it. I mean, tamp it down. Get rid of it all over the world. Why? Because your son has appointments. There are some things you told me to do, some stuff you said I could have. There are some places you said I could go, and now I'm standing before you. I am a tither. I give offerings, and I am a first fruiter. I have never eaten without you eating too. Not once, not once, I haven't. Ever since I learned this principle, I've been coming to you with the first fruit. You did it, I didn't do it. You did it, I didn't do it. You brought me from, you brought me from shepherd to shearer, come on. You brought me from shepherd to shearer. You brought me from shepherd guiding the sheep to a place that now I can harvest the wool. And I just wanna give you thanks for it, come on. I just wanna give you thanks for it. Right there online, you can lift your hands. You can worship with us by just pressing those hearts. You can say, God, everything I have, everything. Can I say something to you? I'm telling you, 
I'm telling you, this is the time for a financial revival in your house. This is the time where stuff that's locking up for everybody, the doors are opening for you.